0: Yeah, yeah. What's up, Elevation? Man, how many of y'all are thankful to worship God? Man. I'm thankful for a worship team that puts in hard work, practice hours, and a lot a lot of God-given talent to lead us into the presence of God every week. Y'all thankful? All right, two. You're welcome, guys. Uh, man, if you were he- if you're new here, man, we do really want to say you're welcome. I mean, <laughs> oh my goodness, you're welcome. That's so prideful. I'm so. Anybody else want to do this? This is terrible so far. Hey, for real though, thank you for coming. Uh, I know there's a lot of things that compete with your time, with your, uh, with the margin that you do have, with tests that are coming up this week, with uh, sleep. I mean, duh. But I'm thankful that you're here. And I want to let you know that we've been praying, thinking about tonight all week long, our leaders. Uh, and I'm excited about what we're going to talk about. I just want to recap what we've been doing over the last few weeks. Week one, uh, we talked about how to live for God. Practically, how does that, how does that happen? Week two, RP brought it. Uh, RP Upshaw, I don't know if you know him. Uh, he talked about surrendering control. Uh, and if you missed any of those weeks, hit up the podcast. We got it on Spotify, Apple, everything, whatever, wherever you listen. Uh, man, hit up the podcast. If you find yourself in quarantine, just listen to the podcast. Last week was so good. Proud of RP, the way he brought the word, encouraged people. But tonight, I want to talk to you about uh, something that's been heavy on my heart all the way through. How many of y'all are doing the Life of Christ study? It has been so good. It's been so refreshing. It's like... You know, when you've been outside or you've had like two or three cups of coffee all day and you haven't drank that water yet, you know what I'm saying? And you get to drink that first drink and it's like all the way down, you feel it. You know what I'm saying? Like it's so refreshing. That's what the Life of Christ study has been for me. Um, Man, it's been so amazing. But I've been asking myself since day 13, I went back and looked at which of the videos it was. I've been wrestling with this question and wrestling with this topic of how do I live for Jesus today? How many of y'all can relate with that question? Like we're studying the life of Christ. We're studying the word. uh, How do we apply it? How do I walk it out? How do I do today what the word tells me to do and do it confidently? And something I feel like the Lord's been messing with me and he, and this is probably gonna step on some of your toes, but it's all right. We'll laugh a little bit here in a little bit. I think a lot of our relationships with God have become more by us than God. And it's not good. We find ourselves searching for fulfillment and the things that satisfy our soul. But we're coming to the God that we come in here and sing about and it's, you do impossible things. You're greater than anything I could ever come up against. You give us power, you give us life but then we only come to him with the things that we're concerned about in our life. And I'm not not stepping on your toes. I'm not saying you're doing it wrong because I'm doing it too. And what I wanna do tonight as we look through this verse, look through these scriptures and look at the life of Jesus. I want us to come back to a place of God. Okay, we're gonna look at your word and we're gonna figure out how do we do this thing and live for you? How do I live like Jesus Today. Not live for me, not look out for what I need, but how do I live for you today? I'm going to read a verse of scripture really quick. Luke, Luke 10, I accidentally put Luke 12, production team fixed it, come on, y'all are always on it. Luke 10, 25 to 29, it says, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? What a great question. I love the heart that he comes with. He come, he's coming and asking, Lord, how do I make it to heaven? How do I know that my, my salvation is secure? How do I know that I'm doing this thing right? I can sure relate with that. And as he goes on, he's Jesus said to him, What's written in the law? What is your reading of it? How do you understand it? How do you translate? How do you how do you understand the the law of Moses? He answers this question with a question. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Just do that in there, like, do that too, you know? And he said to him, You have answered rightly, do this, and you will live. And then the man answered, wanting to justify himself, he said, Yo, Jesus, I mean, who's my neighbor? You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't we like a little clarification on exactly what we want to do? Exactly what we should be doing to live right. And tonight, I believe that the Lord's going to reveal to some of us. Now, is my list of things, and when I said that, I heard a lot of you just say, is Christianity just a, a, a bunch of things that we do? No, it's not. But I do believe, as, we, as we're going to discuss here in a second, that what we do for other people shows God that we love him with all that we have. And so as we dive in tonight, I'm believing that the Lord's going to reveal to some of you exactly what that is. So I want to pray for us. God, I just pray as we dig into your scripture for the next few minutes, God, I just pray, Lord, that you have your way. Lord, if there's anything in us that you want to take out and remove from our lives, Lord, do it. We give you permission. And Lord, if there's anything that you want to add to our lives and Put in there, maybe it's confidence, maybe it's security, maybe it's uh, a firm identity in who we are and you. God, all these things, Lord, have your way. We give you permission. Lord, all we want to do is look at your word because this is the only thing that's true. And we want to figure out, God, what do you want to teach us and how do we live for you every day of our life? And everybody in the room said, Amen, amen. amen. Look at your neighbor and say, You ready for this? Look at your second favorite your second pick, and tell them, you better get ready. You better get ready, because you're about to need it. Hey, uh, I, I have a story for you. So just a little glimpse into our life. My name is Justin. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, my beautiful, intelligent, amazing wife, who will be preaching in a few weeks, she, her name is Emily. We have the honor of getting to pastor Elevation, the college students, young adult, uh, age at New Life Church Conway, and we are beyond excited about what God has in store for the next few months as soon as we can take all these masks off and like all the restrictions. And like, you know, when you get those bags of like goody food outside and it's like, oh, thank you. Like, when can I just grab a marshmallow? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, when can I go back to just grabbing a piece of pizza and you not having to put it on a plate for me? You know, like that's real life. Okay. So, over the last few months, well, I guess a few years, over the three and a half years, we got married in 2016. We, y'all, chill out. (laughs) Once it's over a year, it's like, okay, math is hard. Like, you get it. So, we got married. She, we got married on a Friday. She graduated, or was supposed to walk, on Saturday. She didn't walk. We, uh, we drove to Houston, whatever. And we, uh, ever since that moment, y'all are going to be able to relate with this part of the story. We had racked up 30, over $30,000 in debt. Yeah, that's what we said. So we got into this marriage thing, and we were like, okay, what is going to be our priorities? Where are we going to start with this thing? Where is our focus going to be? And so we realized that if we wanted a family, if we wanted security in our finances and our family and the things that we had going on, we wanted to get out of debt first. We knew that God had called us to a debt-free life first. So over the next three years, we were in a one-bedroom apartment. At Centerstone. Come on, who are the Centerstone people had in the house? And uh, it's been good. It's been, uh, it's been three years. It really has been. Uh, but it, it, we've learned a lot. We got out of debt in that house. We bought a dog in that house. Uh, there were a lot of things that came into our life for the first time while we were living there. So, yeah, as it's a sentimental, it's great. But it's a one-bedroom apartment. So it's like I could easily move on from this. You know what I'm saying? So, three years in, we're done with debt-free. And over the last few months, we've realized, okay, now is on the next step. We're going to get into a house. We started saving money for a house. Uh, How many of y'all know that's just kind of the ebb and flow? Like, hopefully get out of debt and then house, maybe a car for the family. We're thinking about family now. So, it's like, okay, house is for sure the next thing. House is for sure the next thing, okay? Come on. Okay, so over the last few weeks, I mean... Paying off over $30,000 in three years, and your boy's a pastor. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like, I'm not working CEO at some company. You know, I'm just, I'm out here grinding. So we paid it off three years. God did some incredible things in our finances. I I really tell you, I don't know how we made some of the payments we made on our loans, but God did it. That's all I could say. God did it. So uh, a couple weeks ago, we have the opportunity, we are now in a house. We are house-sitting for, some of y'all started laughing, we are, we are indefinitely house-sitting at this couple's house who, one works overseas and one works out of state. And that's a 5,000 square foot house. And we're house-sitting. We're living in someone else's house. So when we, when we get this call, we're like, God, is this to you? Like, what is going on here? I'm taking a nap. Emily answers the phone. She's like, we could be living here for free. I'm like, get out of here. We just, we're paying. We just finished debt. There ain't no way we could be living here for free. So we walk up to this house and we start dreaming. This thing's a reality. We're in that house right now. And so we start dreaming. We're like, man, this is gonna be awesome. We could save money. We're not having to pay rent. We're only paying utility. Like, the, I mean, we're about to do this thing. We're gonna save for a car. We're gonna be able to get a car. It's gonna happen faster than we even planned it. Like, our minds are racing. We're dreaming. It's big time. One weekend, I've still got clothes in boxes. Like, how many of y'all do it that you move in, but it's like, that can stay there for a while? You know what I'm saying? How many of y'all in the house? Just eight? Whatever. <laughs> The rest of y'all are like, first day in, I'm all unpacked. I'm, you know, I I got everything in this own drawer. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's my wife. You're so amazing. Okay, so one weekend, we get a text message that says, hey, we're going to show the house in 30 minutes. Can you be ready? I'm like, who she thinks she is? So in that moment, I thought, this is it. We're done. Our saving all the things that I thought were going to happen. We just told our apartment we're moving out. We can't even go back and say, hey, we're, we're unmoving out. Could, could you like give us that back? No. So in that moment, I'm thinking, man, what about our savings, our plan? What is, what are the things? Oh, man, Lord, what about us? Like, what about, is this really going to sell? They could sell this thing in a week. I don't, the way houses go right now, it could be sold today. Like, I, I have no idea. And I heard in that moment, I heard the Lord say, it was not, and it will not be about you. And I'm telling you, in that moment, I was like, Lord, you're in control. We didn't have this house because we earned it. We had this house because you hooked us up. Now, in your life with God, in your relationship with God, will there be benefits to your relationship with God? Will he bless you and have favor on your life? Will you meet people that you never would have met otherwise? Will you financially be successful because of your relationship with God? I believe all those things to be true. But are they they a guarantee? No, they're not. So the Lord said, it's not about you. In this phrase, on and on again, week after, well, day after day. Now, at this point, it's been a week it hasn't sold yet. Praise God. Just an update for you. (laughs) We're still there, but it's not about me. It took me a long time to figure out it was not about me. And I think a lot of us in our relationships with God need to come back to a place where we remember it's not about me. Say that with me. It's not about me. This is not a cult. I'm just getting you to repeat it. That's it. Like, that's all I just did. I I'll prove it to you. In my relationship with God, I don't know if you can find yourself here, but in my prayers, in my time with God, in all of the time I spend with the Lord, a lot of times I'll find myself praying things like, um, Lord, I need your help in this. Lord, will you bless my family? Watch over my wife. Uh, bless our finances. Lord, we're looking for a house. Get us that good hookup. You know what I mean? Like, But if that's all we're praying, how many of y'all have found your, yourselves praying, uh, Lord, I pray I get this job. Uh, Yeah, please, Lord. Uh, God, please let me be able to do blank. Lord, where is Boo? Like, where is he or she? Come on, are you, hello? God, God, take the pain away. Jesus, I need you to help me with this test. I didn't study, but Lord, you're gonna have to work a miracle. I know y'all been there. I know y'all been there. What's my purpose? Lord, I don't like where I'm at. I don't like this season. Give me something else. I'm not really getting anything out of the Bible right now. Maybe I just need to watch YouTube videos. Like, I'm there. These things are not bad things to pray. These things are not bad things to say to the Lord, coming to the Lord. But if that's all you're praying, if you're praying more about I, talking to your friends about I wish, I think it's probably too much about you. How many of y'all know the great theologian Toby Keith? Won't talk about me. Won't talk about I. Won't talk about number one. Oh, mommy, my. <laughs> I like talking about. But then what? <laughs> I want to talk about. <laughs> <me>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Okay. 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 Okay, we should have just got the backtrack. We should have just carried that one out. (laughs) But isn't that our life? A lot of times, like, we're so wrapped up in me. And it's not bad to ask and and pray and to, to seek God for certain things for your life, but it can't be all that we're thinking about. Let me humble us for a second. It's not about me. It's not about me. In Luke 12, we read that the greatest commandment was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, Mark Turnage, how many of you have been watching the videos and love Mark Turnage's teachings? They're really deep, but they are so good. It gives you a different view into the scripture. So basically what he taught us a few weeks ago is this scripture, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, that's somewhat vague. Can you agree with me on that? Like when it, when you think, if I were to ask each one of you, which that, I, I won't do that, what does that even mean? You would say, Probably something different than the person sitting next to you. Based on your circumstances, your situation, your past experiences. You may describe that as something different. But what he taught us is that that next commandment, love others as you love love yourself, is a juxtaposition. It's a view into that first commandment. So if we're loving the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and that's sometimes vague, we don't know what to do, we don't know how to do it, and then the Lord says, love your neighbor as yourself. If we put that over the first commandment, now we have a gauge, something to examine and realize, how am I doing loving the Lord with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength? And we know that by the way we're loving others as ourself. So when I learned this, when he taught us this, it kind of blew my mind. So we can really understand how we're loving God by the way that we love others that look like us. Others that don't look like us, hey. The people that we know, the people that we don't know. That's the gauge at which we can identify, I'm loving God with everything I've got. or man, I need to step it up. And so that's what we want to look at today. So, it's not about me. Now, in my marriage, there was a story right after, uh, how many are dating in the house? How many are dating? Uh, That's a good number. How many of you do things differently than the person you're dating? Almost all of you? Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty common. So we're just married, and I don't know how normal married people do it, but like on the back of the toilet, this may be TMI, I'm not sure, there's a basket. And in this basket goes two rolls of toilet paper, and then on the roll goes one one roll of toilet paper. And then in the laundry room we have the rest of them, Okay. And so let's just assume that somebody uses the restroom, runs out of the one roll, and just puts the one from the back of the toilet on the roll. What do you do? Shut up. <laughs> you may. But I don't. Okay? For the, I don't know how long this went on. Probably two or three months. I would use the restroom and not replace the roll on the back of the toilet. There was still one in the basket. But my beautiful, intelligent, so gracious wife would remind me so gently, You can put one back in the basket. And then I'm like, Okay. So one day we had had enough. And I had used the restroom and ran out, I replaced the roll, and there was one missing. And she brought me the bag of toilet paper that had probably 10 rolls in it. And she said, You can replace the one on the back of the commode. I said, No, I won't. <laughs> so, what did I do? I went in the bathroom. I put all 10 in that basket. And I said, We should be good for a while. And she comes out throwing the rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> this is first year of marriage, folks. This is real life. So if you disagree with something you're, the person you're dating is doing, you'll laugh about it later. But imagine if we only push for the things that we wanted to do. There's compromise in a marriage. Am I right? Like in any relationship, there's going to be compromise. Now what do we do? None of that because we don't have that basket. <laughs> Okay. No, but for real, imagine if all I wanted her to do was what I wanted. If our marriage was all about me or vice versa, I'll tell you my most healthy moments, healthy seasons in my marriage are when I'm more focused on her than I am me. Likewise, in our relationship with God, your most fruitful, your most healthy moments in your relationship with God are when you are more focused on others than you are yourself. It's that simple. And if you're married in here, you understand it. If you're dating, you understand it. Like in those moments where the tension's there in the relationship, you're like, what's wrong? Like you're too focused on yourself. That's what's wrong. That's where that tension's come from. That's where the the gap is. You're not connecting all the way. That's what it is. I just talked about toilet paper. That's ridiculous. So if you've been praying for breakthrough, if you've been asking God to do something in your life, if you've been really believing and you've seen no progress, And you feel like God has been non-existent. Change your view. Change your perspective. Get out of the seat. Go do something different. Start serving people just because. Uh, Start prioritizing people. Your neighbor. I was driving down the road this morning. I whipped a right on whatever road I was going on. And I saw a van with their hazards on. I whipped it back around. Went towards the van and they pulled off. I would have stopped, I think. I'm not really even sure. Like, You don't have to be super spiritual to come through for people's needs. That's not a spiritual thing to do. That's a human thing to do. God commands us, love your neighbor as yourself. And as you do that, you will be loving me. So how do we ace this? We have to be focused on others more than we're focused about ourselves. In Jesus' life, the more we look through Scripture, the more we see this. John 5.30, I seek not my own will, but the will of my Father who sent me. His agenda, his direction, everything that he did was determined by the people he came into contact with. How many of you could say the same? Like, your calendar every day is based on the needs that you pass by or that are around you. Like, your friend says, hey, I, I'm having a hard time. Could you come over? Like, girl, I got, I'm at Starbucks. Like, I just got my pumpkin spice. Like, I'll see you later. Or some of you got to work. I'm not saying quit work. That's not what I'm saying. Don't, don't tell him your pastor said, he said I got to go. <laughs> so <laughs> you could take that up with him. Like, I, don't give out my number, please. But we have to be moved with compassion. Luke 4, Jesus is tempted by Satan. Satan says, hey, come up on the, come up on the uh, mountain. You can worship me and I'll give you everything. Jesus said, no, there's no way I'm doing that. It says in the word, God is God alone and he is who I will worship. But he, was not, he was not motivated by pride. Mark 2.16 says, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? All the religious people were so upset that he would eat with and hang out with people that were so unwanted and so despised by the culture of that day. Jesus loved getting into the mess with people. There's so many examples as we look through scripture. But there's several things that happen when we live for others. When I'm loving others, I'm most like Christ. You are most like Christ when you're loving other people. The only time I, f- I thought that Jesus was selfish in his time was when he was actually connecting with God. The only moments, we talked about this a few weeks ago with Amir that Jesus connected with the Father were the moments that he pulled away from everything going on to solitude. When I'm loving others, I'm showing my love to God. I want to explain this. When I'm loving others, I'm showing God how much I love him. I can tell Emily I love her all day. And she'll hear it, and she'll believe it, and she'll know it. But does does she feel it? The way I serve her, the way I go above and beyond for her, she knows that I, will, that I love her because what? My actions prove it. In the same way, your actions for those around you, your neighbor, others, determines and shows God, hey, I love you. You have my heart. You have everything in me. I love you, and I want to show you through the way I love people. So I want to give you a couple of things. You're probably sitting there asking like, okay, like how do I practically do this? I'm going to give you three points really quickly. I know this is not a formal message the way you normally see it. But I'm going to give you three points really quickly. First Peter 2:21 says, "To this you were called, meaning living like Christ. You were called to live like Christ because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example. What's that word? Example. That you should follow in his steps." How do we follow in Jesus's steps? What was the example that he set? Point number one, Jesus's assignment was clear. He knew why he was here and he knew who he was. Jesus said, I came to save those who are sick and those who are lost. I came to seek and save those who are lost. His, his, his appointment, his assignment was clear. His identity was also clear. I wanna encourage you in here today. You are all made in the image of God. You are all loved by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You have everything you need today to live for Jesus. You don't have to wait until you know more of the Bible. You wait to know more scripture. You don't need that. Whether you're acing this, whether you wake up every day and you're like, man, I'm living for Jesus. I'm loving people the best I've ever loved them. Or whether you feel like, man, I've been all about me. It doesn't matter. God loves you the same if you're perfect or if you're so far from perfect, you don't even know where you are. It doesn't matter. You're still loved. His assignment was clear. His identity was secure. Point number two. Jesus' view was always outward. He was always looking out. He was always looking for the needs around him. He was walking into Jerusalem. Uh, We have a picture of this. He was walking into Jerusalem. This is right before he was to be hung up on the cross to die for our sins. This isn't really what it looked like. I, I don't even really know where that is. Maybe... These, I don't even know. But this is what I imagine it would be. He said he, he, he walked down the streets. Everybody's got palm leaves and they're waving them and they're celebrating and they're chanting, You are the king. He's walking down. If there was a moment that he could be self focused, it would be this moment. He knew what was about to come. He was about to embrace the cross, the sins of people, save all mankind. This was this moment. And he's walking down this aisle way and he sees, or rather, he hears two blind men say, Jesus, Jesus. And he stops and looks over and he says, what do you want from me? And they said, I want to see. And what does he do? He stops and he heals them. In a moment where everything could have been about him, he was about other people. When he's up on the cross, he looks down just before he takes his last breath and says, it is finished. He looks down at his mom and, then, and actually John. And John says, he's the disciple that Jesus loved. So... I don't know if you can really trust anything that dude says. I'm kidding. But he says, hey, you were going to take care of my mom. And mom, this is now your son. He's hanging on a cross, about to die for all of us. He's about to be the savior of the world. And he looks at two people and says, I see the need in both of you. And I'm going to meet it. That's Jesus. That's the selflessness. That's him. It's not about me. I'm up on a cross. I'm about to save everybody. (laughs) It's not about me. And then lastly, Jesus's vision was always eternity. Jesus's vision was always eternity. The only way some people may see God or the love of God or the heart of God is through you and through me. So as we walk out our relationship with God, as we walk out our relationship with Jesus, the only way that people see the love and the heart of God in us is we just try to wake up and live for him every day. How many of you remember the LSU Tigers last year? Okay. House divided, you know, like how many of y'all remember the Tigers last year? Like LSU, undefeated 15 and 0 national champs. You, you know who I'm talking about? Like, they're a college football team. For those of you who don't know, like, I don't know where we're at on, I don't know where we're at in here. So last year, they won the national championship. They won the SEC championship. They went 15 and 0. They had a number one drafted quarterback. Like, it is, like, it's the year. You know what I'm saying? We've been waiting, Arkansas, we've been dreaming about a year like this. But LSU walks away from this year, and they're national champs. They're going to get rings whenever they can do public events. I don't even know how this works, but they're champions and they walk around like champions. Just like we do as Christ followers. We're confident in the big moments. We're confident when things are going well, when, when we just walk through something difficult and we know that we can praise God because he's brought us through this, man, we are mountaintop experience. We'll shout it for other people to know and we'll live for God. We'll live for Christ. We'll be confident in that. But you fast forward to October, and the LSU Tigers are not really the Tigers we remember. They're one and two. They can't figure it out. I'm not mad about it. But they don't walk the same, do they? It's harder to to walk as a champion when you're one and two. It's harder to keep your head held high when you're not undefeated. When you've got more losses than wins. So as you as a believer, you as a Christ follower, you as someone who's made in the image of God, when things are hard, that doesn't mean quit. That doesn't mean you're not a champion. That doesn't mean you're not bought and saved by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That your soul is not worth the cross that he paid the penalty that he paid for you just because you're walking through a difficult scenario but I want to ask us what would it look like if we woke up every single morning and we were more focused on others than we were ourselves what would that do what would that do to your the people you went to class with in your families I know some of you come from unimaginable home lives. Unimaginable. I'm not going to pretend to know because I don't. What would that do for you who have different political views? If you were to say, I'm going to forget about that because what unifies us is way stronger than what divides us. And you know what? You are, you are made in the image of God. I'm going to love you regardless of what I'm walking through. Because I know that I'm a son or that I'm a daughter and that I'm loved. And that I know that in my relationship, my identity and who I am is secure. My assignment is secure. And I know whose I am. And therefore, I'm going to look outward. I'm going to be aware of the things going on around me. I'm going to listen. I'm going to look. I'm going to be aware because God asked me to. And that's the way Jesus did it. I'm going to walk around with my eyes open and my head up. Not moping around thinking about what I don't have, but I'm going to be looking. Because eternity is at stake. Because there are people that are hurting, that are going through difficult times And if we're wrapped up in what we got going and what we're doing in our space, I've got no idea what's going on out here with you. Jesus says, hey, if you want to live like me, just look at the way I lived. So how do we live for Christ? How do we live every single day like like Jesus? Man, as we're digging through scripture, as we're looking at the life of Christ study, find ways I'm I'm amazed at the simplicity of Jesus' life. From the beginning in Genesis to the end in Revelation, it's all about other people. It's not a new revelation for me, but it's a new realization for me. Is that if I'm more about people than I am myself, I'm fulfilling my purpose. I'm fulfilling the calling that God put on my life. I believe this is the answer to our world's problems today. Because if the church was the church and the church loved people like we say we should and we say we do, we are going to see the power and the grace and the love of God flow freely about this country like we have never seen it. And if you as a believer are in here praying, man, God, heal our nation, rescue our people, rescue your people, I want to encourage you it starts with you and it starts with me in the way that we walk out of here tonight we wake up tomorrow morning and we we surrender to God hey I don't know how to do this thing Christianity seems kind of complicated but God if, if Justin said that all I have to do is know who you are and show people who you are I can do that I believe a hundred people, maybe, I don't know this city's going to look different in three months. I know it will because of your compassion, because of your love, because of the way you're intentional with the people that are around you. And the people that walk around here hurting, broken, hurt by the church, they won't have any excuse because of the love that you have for them. But it starts with me, and it starts with you and what? It's not about me. So when you feel pride coming up, if you feel like you're the center of everything, just remind yourself because that's what I'm doing every day. I wake up and when I stress about where we're going to live or my wife likes a plan and we could sell the house tomorrow. <laughs> God, you're in control and it's not really about me. What peace comes when we live with that mindset and that perspective? I want to pray with us, God.